welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wayne Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone. And your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all of your sisters and brothers in spirit. Let us then share those higher qualities with others and radiate the love and light of our mighty I Am Presence everywhere we move, illumining brilliantly the light of the living God within us, filling the air with more love, more love, more love. Why? Well, love is powerful and love is transforming. Love uplifts and will not only elevate the consciousness and raise the vibration of mankind and Mother Earth, but love, which is the mightiest power within all of us and which has the force of God back of it, is the confident presence of light that always defeats the darkness. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 13:41-43. And thence those men took me and bore me up onto the sixth heaven, and there I saw seven bands of angels, very bright and very glorious and their faces shining more than the sun shining, glistening, and there is no difference in their faces, or behavior, or manner of dress, and these make the orders, and learn the goings of the stars, and the alteration of the moon, or revolution of the sun, and the good government of the world. And when they see evil doing they make commandments and instruction, and sweet and loud singing, and all songs of praise. These are the archangels who are above angels, measure all life in heaven and on earth, and the angels who are appointed over seasons and years, the angels who are over rivers and sea, and who are over the fruits of the earth, and the angels who are over every grass, giving food to all, to every living thing, and the angels who write all the souls of men, and all their deeds, and their lives before the Lord's face. In their midst are six phoenixes, and six cherubim, and six six-winged ones continually with one voice singing one voice, and it is not possible to describe their singing, and they rejoiced before the Lord at his footstool. And those two men lifted me up thence on to the seventh heaven, and I saw there a very great light, and fiery troops of great archangels, incorporeal forces, and dominions, orders and governments, cherubim and seraphim, thrones and many-eyed ones, nine regiments, the EUN at stations of light, and I became afraid, and began to tremble with great terror, and those men took me, and led me after them, and said to me, Have courage Enoch, do not fear, and showed me the Lord from afar, sitting on his very high throne. For what is there on the tenth heaven, since the Lord dwells here? On the tenth heaven is God, in the Hebrew tongue he is called Aravat. And all the heavenly troops would come and stand on the ten steps according to their rank, and would bow down to the Lord, and would again go to their places in joy and felicity, singing songs in the boundless light with small and tender voices, gloriously serving him. 
and the cherubim and seraphim standing about the throne, the six-winged and many-eyed ones do not depart, standing before the Lord's face doing His will, and cover His whole throne, singing with gentle voice before the Lord's face, Holy, 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 Lord Ruler of Sabaoth, heavens and earth are full of Thy glory. When I saw all these things, those men said to me, Enoch, thus far is it commanded us to journey with thee, and those men went away from me and thereupon I saw them not. And I remained alone at the end of the seventh heaven and became afraid, and fell on my face and said to myself, Woe is me, what has befallen me? And the Lord sent one of his glorious ones, the archangel Gabriel, and he said to me, Have courage Enoch, do not fear, arise before the Lord's face into eternity, arise, come with me. And I answered him, and said in myself, My Lord, my soul is departed from me, from terror and trembling, and I called to the men who led me up to this place, on them I relied, and it is with them I go before the Lord's face. And Gabriel caught me up, as a leaf caught up by the wind, and placed me before the Lord's face. And I saw the eighth heaven, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Muzeloth, changer of the seasons, of drought, and of wet, and of the twelve signs of the zodiac, which are above the seventh heaven. And I saw the ninth heaven, which is called in Hebrew Kuchavim, where are the heavenly homes of the twelve signs of the zodiac. On the tenth heaven, Erevoth, I saw the appearance of the Lord's face, like iron made to glow in fire, and brought out, emitting sparks, and it burns. Thus I saw the Lord's face, but the Lord's face is ineffable, marvelous and very awful, and very, very terrible. And who am I to tell of the Lord's unspeakable being, and of his very wonderful face? And I cannot tell the quantity of his many instructions, and various voices, the Lord's throne is very great and not made with hands, nor the quantity of those standing round him, troops of cherubim and seraphim, nor their incessant singing, nor his immutable beauty, and who shall tell of the ineffable greatness of his glory. And I fell prone and bowed down to the Lord, and the Lord with his lips said to me, Have courage Enoch, do not fear, arise and stand before my face into eternity. And the archistrategic Michael lifted me up, and led me to before the Lord's face. And the Lord said to his servants tempting them, Let Enoch stand before my face into eternity, and the glorious ones bowed down to the Lord, and said, Let Enoch go according to thy word. And the Lord said to Michael, Go and take Enoch from out his earthly garments, and anoint him with my sweet ointment, and put him into the garments of my glory. And Michael did thus, as the Lord told him. He anointed me, and dressed me, and the appearance of that ointment is more than the great light, and his ointment is like sweet dew, and its smell mild, shining like the sun's ray, and I looked at myself, and was like one of his glorious ones. The Forgotten Books of Eden, edited by Rutherford H. Platt, Jr., 1926. Isis Unveiled Chapter 14 What better illustrates the theory of cycles than the following fact? Nearly 700 years BC, in the schools of Thales and Pythagoras, was taught the doctrine of the true motion of the earth, its form, and the whole heliocentric system. And in 317 AD, we find Lactantius, the preceptor of Crispus Caesar, son of Constantine the Great, teaching his pupil that the earth was a plain surrounded by the sky, which is composed of fire and water, and warning him against the heretical doctrine of the earth's globular form. Whenever, in the pride of some new discovery, we throw a look into the past, we find, to our dismay, certain vestiges which indicate the possibility, if not certainty, 
that the alleged discovery was not totally unknown to the ancients. It is generally asserted that neither the early inhabitants of the Mosaic times, nor even the more civilized nations of the Ptolemaic period were acquainted with electricity. If we remain undisturbed in this opinion, it is not for lack of proofs to the contrary. We may disdain to search for profounder meaning in some characteristic sentences of Serwius, and other writers, we cannot so obliterate them but that, at some future day, that meaning will appear to us in all its significant truths. The first inhabitants of the earth, says he, never carried fire to their altars, but by their prayers they brought down the heavenly fire. Prometheus discovered and revealed to man the art of bringing down lightning, and by the method which he taught them, they brought down fire from the region above. If, after pondering these words, we are still willing to attribute them to the phraseology of mythological fables, we may turn to the days of Numa, the king philosopher, so renowned for his esoteric learning, and find ourselves more embarrassed to deal with his case. We can neither accuse him of ignorance, superstition, nor credulity, for, if history can be believed at all, he was intently bent on destroying polytheism and idol worship. He had so well dissuaded the Romans from idolatry that for nearly two centuries neither statues nor images appeared in their temples. On the other hand, old historians tell us that the knowledge which Numa possessed in natural physics was remarkable. Tradition says that he was initiated by the priests of the Etruscan divinities, and instructed by them in the secret of forcing Jupiter, the Thunderer, to descend upon Earth. Ovid shows that Jupiter Eliseus began to be worshipped by the Romans from that time. H.P. Blavatsky Salford is of the opinion that before Franklin discovered his refined electricity, Numa had experimented with it most successfully, and that Tullus Hostilius was the first victim of the dangerous heavenly guest recorded in history. Titus Livy and Pliny narrate that this prince, having found in the books of Numa, instructions on the secret sacrifices offered to Jupiter Eliseus, made a mistake, and in consequence of it, he was struck by lightning and consumed in his own palace. Salvert remarks that Pliny, in the exposition of Numa's scientific secrets, makes use of expressions which seem to indicate two distinct processes, the one obtained thunder, impetraire, the other forced it to lightning, cogere. Guided by Numa's book, says Lucius, quoted by Pliny, Tillis undertook to invoke the aid of Jupiter. But having performed the rite imperfectly, he perished, struck by thunder. Tracing back the knowledge of thunder and lightning possessed by the Etruscan priests, we find that Tarkin, the founder of the theurgism of the former, desiring to preserve his house from lightning, surrounded it by a hedge of the white bryony, a climbing plant which has the property of averting thunderbolts. Tarkin the theurgist was much anterior to the siege of Troy. The pointed metallic lightning rod, for which we are seemingly indebted to Franklin, is probably a rediscovery after all. There are many metals which seem to strongly indicate that the principle was anciently known. The Temple of Juno had its roof covered with a quantity of pointed blades of swords. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 Now, ordinarily your intellect thinks that it's your own thought that is doing something down here. You have to think something, and then you try out here to do something to fulfill what you desire to do. But when you begin to recognize that it's the heart flame of your mighty I am presence that contains all perfection and is the treasure house of your life stream, 
and the heart flame of the seven mighty Elohim is the sacred fire treasure house and love and perfection from the great central sun, that has been given in and around you to protect the treasure house of your mighty I am presence, you will begin to realize that no matter what you want to do, you are using the sacred fire of our life to help you do it. You are using the sacred fire of the life of your mighty I am presence whenever you produce something constructive, whenever you produce perfection, you are using the sacred fire of our life. But when you use just the outer intellectual consciousness, which is the energy and the suggestions of the world around you, you make mistakes, you have limitations, you have problems, you have disaster, you have suffering, you have everything that you don't want. So, from this hour I hope you will remember to control your life, and want to control everything within you by the sacred fire love of your mighty I am presence heart flame, and the sacred fire love of the seven mighty Elohim of creation, to be our victory, our life's control within you, that at all times gives you the power to do out here in the physical world whatever your service is, and do it always perfectly, hold protection around what you do, and at all times maintain harmony, because our sacred fire love cannot produce discord. You cannot misuse it. You cannot requalify it. You cannot produce anything but perfection when you use our ascended master life, which our heart flames love is. And I am quite sure your mighty I am presence will appreciate very very greatly, if you do not experiment any longer with the mistakes of the outer world. Applause. Thank you so much. Beloved Elohim of Peace. Now, if you experiment with our world, you can't have mistakes because our world doesn't contain any. If you use our heart flames purity, love, and peace in anything you do, there cannot come within you anything but our perfection. And if you would always say to your blessed mighty I am presence, fill me and let me accomplish everything by your heart flames indestructible, invincible purity, love and peace, you couldn't create discord in yourselves or in outer world conditions. So this is simply a matter of drawing in and around yourselves that which we know produces perfection for eternity. Then you become like the sun, a radiating presence of our heart flames love, a radiating presence of the sacred fire love of your own mighty I am presence. Then the angelic host can accompany you, can draw more sacred fire around you, and control outer physical world conditions for your protection, your prosperity, your healing, and clothe you with the power to help the rest of life rise out of the self-created shadows of mistakes and suffering and limitation and death, because the second death only comes when mankind will not turn back and use the sacred fire of our love, to do what needs to be done inside the physical body and into outer world conditions, and let harmony and purity and love set things into divine order, purify things, set all into divine order, hold perfect balance, which is divine justice, and let the divine plan of the ascended master's octave be drawn into the physical conditions of this world, create the peace of eternity, and the illumination that forever expands its greater and greater blessings, and treasure house of existence. Beloved Elohim of Peace. Thank you.